Good evening, Dr. G here. You are listening to Spirit Tales and Magic, your podcast home for all the paranormal things that we love. Apologies for not being back for so long, but after all, I have been dead. I was talking with a friend today who's a frequent listener of the podcast. So Dave looks at me and says, I listened to the episode about you dying, and I have a question. As many people do, that's fine. Did you know you were dead? That kind of took me off guard, and I, I don't silence very easily, but I didn't have a response for that at the moment. Then I looked at him and I said, could you repeat the question? Well, how did you know that you were dead? Did you know? I've been doing some thinking about that, and I was going to go over all the types of hauntings, and we're still going to do that on a future podcast. But let's talk for just a moment about what the parapsychology community thinks about certain types of hauntings. So an intelligent or interactive activity, as they would call it. We're going to run back to Einstein's theory. As a matter of beings, it is safe to say that we are all energy. So if you look at it at the quantum level, we're energy beings. We are made up of atoms and neutrons as matter or energy, as those beings, we have intelligence while we are alive. We have an energy aura that surrounds our body. This aura is created by millions of electrical currents that are created through our bodies. Our brain creates brain waves, which is a form of energy. That is transmitting our thoughts, what we see, what we feel, etc. Interesting, when our moral form dies, the aura that constantly surrounds our body leaves. Now, I've heard about that on several occasions, but it was decades ago as a paramedic in a hospital in West Virginia. If you are old enough to know what a fluoroscope machine is, that predates x-ray, but look that up. So a lot of folks, even back then, donate their body to science if something happens to them. Now, as a paramedic in a teaching hospital with a bit of, as we say, tenure, for lack of a better word, you get to take some students and teach them things like innovation and anatomy and, and things like that. So in this particular day, one of the docs said, uh, I want you to come down to fluoroscope. And we went down and there was a, a man on the table that was dying and that had left his body to science. Now, when you fluoroscope that man when he was alive, you can see the aura 
all around his body. The man passed on and was immediately refluoroscoped to find that that aura around his body was gone. So they say we lose about six ounces on the instance of our death. What is that six ounces? Perhaps it's the energy leaving our body? Is it our soul? This energy, the aura, or you may even call it your soul, is carrying the information that we used to be. Now, if it can do that, then why couldn't it also carry intelligence? Now, if it can carry our former intelligence of our previous life, then it should be able to interact with us intelligently. When we see this aura, we call it a ghost. If this ghost is able to interact with us, is aware of us, if it can touch us, communicate with us, then this is what they refer to as an intelligent or interactive haunting. Now, they further say some reasons for such a haunting. Well, they could have died as a result of a traumatic event, murder, car accident, something like that. Maybe they're hanging around because of some unfinished business. Number three would re point its finger right at me. The spirit may have died suddenly and not realized that he or she was dead. And we'll get back to that. The living loved ones are so emotionally distraught that they just can't go. The spirit is emotionally connected to their loved ones. They cannot rest due to an injustice that has been done to them. Sometimes they say that it might be fear on the other side's judgment. After all, you are taught that you're going to stand before someone and you are going to be judged on your life. <clears throat> we'll go back to number three. Spirit may have died suddenly and not realized that he or she was dead. And I've talked about this on the podcast before, but on the day of November 1st of last year, 2022, I was having one of the greatest mornings of my life. We had just completed both the pre-Halloween and Halloween night shows, did a podcast, told a story, and if you listen to those, there's an illusion that we do that you can do at home, which will put the magic right in your hands. Got up feeling great and went about my day. Stopped at a local restaurant that we frequented quite a bit. And I won't give you the details on the whole thing, but felt a little off. Had a little tiny altercation with someone. And thought I would do a deep breathing exercise. In through the nose, out through the mouth. In through the nose, and out through the mouth. 
Then came the third time where in through the nose wasn't working, and neither was out from the mouth. I couldn't breathe. So I tried to speak, but then you quickly remember that if you cannot produce air movement in either direction, you cannot speak. It takes air to do that. Now I realize from former training, something's wrong, and I have about 90 seconds before I hit the floor. So I go, I cannot speak, but I get up to the counter, pushing my way through. And I knew the person behind the counter. I kind of grabbed them and I wrote 911 on their chest. I brought up my emergency information on my phone and I sat down on a bench that was just like almost a U-turn from the cash register, which is where I died. Now, as far as I'm concerned, I sat there. I waited for the ambulance to arrive. I was talking to the paramedics while they loaded me into the ambulance. And this is not the, you know, I'm hovering above my body seeing all this. Nope. Just lived it just like you would live it if you were going through it. Got loaded into the ambulance. They were taking me to the hospital. There were a couple of things that didn't go right that I tried to correct them on and became angry because. They were not answering me. I remember everything about the ride to the hospital, the dialogue that I had with them. I watched myself being loaded back out of the ambulance and rolled into the hallway in the hospital. The next thing I remember was waking up in the emergency room with a very large piece of apparatus over my face. And my wife, Joan, standing next to me with a tear coming down her eye. There was no bright light. There was no relatives waiting for me. There was no panic. There was just the event of the day. There wasn't any fear of judgment from the other side or slow motion reliving of my life. It was, you're here, you're gone. You're here. That's what it was. Now, since then, I've relived quite a lot of my life. And with my two to three possible strokes, dying, and still left ventricular heart failure, spring chicken is not a word I would use to describe myself, but most days, there are good and bad. Most of them, I feel pretty good. We're back to podcasting. We're uh, in Vegas for a magic event. All kind of things still going on. Take that suitcase full of medication with me, but back to the event. No, uh, no traditional stuff. All the stuff you hear about. So since then, I have met several people that also have died and did not remain dead. I have talked with several of them. We've shared our experiences, and while a lot of them are different, they all carry one thing in common. There was no, you know, tunnel of light and judgment and all that didn't happen. Now, some people say that didn't happen because we didn't stay dead. 
there are some people who say, well, you weren't really dead. Well, if you are pulseless and breathless and you have no pulse, your heart is not beating, you have no breath and you're not, you're dead. And if you remain that way for somewhere between eight and 18 minutes, depending on what story you're going to believe during that time, you are absolutely dead. There are many stories from people I've talked to about that, and I wanted to get that out. The other thing I wanted to get out on this podcast, I'm often asked, so what is Spirit Tales and Magic? You know, that's like asking someone, what is the Motown sound? If you ask a hundred people, you'd probably get a hundred different stories. <clears throat> I ask about 10 of our listeners that I get to see on almost a daily basis. Many of our listeners I don't get to see on a daily basis. Some of our listeners don't even live in this country. They're a long way away. And some of our broadcasts are streamed to places you wouldn't even believe that I can't even repeat. So given all that, I ask a lot of folks and the answers we're all different. So let's smooth a couple of things out. When we talk about the paranormal or the fact that I was a paranormal investigator for over 50 years, that's a long time before any of the new TV shows, before all of the fancy equipment. It's the gathering of stories for us. It's the story I'm telling you now. It's the story that several of our friends have shared with us about so many different things. It's what's written that you could also find if you took a couple hundred hours to research and look things up. The continuation of it is the story that you're going to tell me. We had some shirts printed for the show in Vegas, and on the back it simply says Spirit Tales and Magic across an arc on the top. It has a scan code in the center that takes you to this podcast. And on the bottom of it, it says, what's your story? So the current statistics, one out of two people believe in ghosts. One out of every five people will swear that they have had an interaction with a ghost or what they would consider to be a ghost. One out of every two will experience at least one paranormal event in their lifetime that they will remember. That's why we say, what's your story? We do a storytelling magic show, which, if I must say myself, is pretty damn awesome and you should see it or book it. We do a theatrical seance. Now, this one is the one that we get a lot of questions about. And there is a great deal of misunderstanding surrounding it. It is a storytelling seance. It is not trying to contact your dead Uncle Pete to try and ascertain where he 
buried the Stradivarius. The paranormal ghosts and everything that goes with it is a personal experience, and this is going to sound a little redundant, of the person having the experience. Mine is different from yours. Yours is different from your friends down the street. His is different from your great-grandmother's. And so it goes. Belief in all of it rests in you, not me. doesn't matter what I believe. I'm not you. And you're not me. So we do not have a political agenda. We do not question your beliefs. We do not try and impart any of our beliefs, whatever they may be, upon you. We just tell the stories. You know, if you go to Ripley's Believe It or Not, they're going to tell you that Ripley always gave you the choice. You can believe it or not. It isn't a test. There's no wrong answer. We like to say that there is indeed a world unseen. A world that exists all around us all the time. And every now and then, for whatever reason, we catch a glimpse of it. And the dead get in. You're going to hear that a lot on the podcast. It was written by my daughter in regards to her first paranormal experience with the Tiger Man, which is on the podcast. You can look that up. The other thing we like to say is we'll see you inside your mind. Because isn't that truly where all of our energy beings live? Take care of yourself, and we'll see you inside your mind. <laughs>